Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I am your host, Doug Brooks, and today I am reviewing Episode 6 of Star Wars Resistance, Signal from Sector 6. And before I get into that, uh, just a programming note. Um, I've been talking about it on Twitter, how much I've been enjoying LEGO Star Wars All-Stars. They did a an episode the, this past weekend where they took all the shorts that have been released on the uh, Disney Now app and created a full episode. And it was just so good. Um, as someone who enjoys the Lego Star Wars material, especially the Freemaker Adventures, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the complete episode so much that I want to do a review of it uh, without waiting. So my plan is to uh, do a review of From uh, Trenches to Wrenches, the Roger story, and have that up uh, by next week, along with the review for the next episode of Resistance. So you'll get a bit of a double feature. Um, since it's Thanksgiving in the United States next week, you could almost consider it my own holiday special. So uh, if you have a chance between now and next week, um, try to check out the LEGO Star Wars All-Stars. Uh, it's on Disney Now app for sure if you're able to get that. I uh, haven't looked, but you might be able to look it up on Disney XD. And it's possible it's on YouTube as well. But that's for next week. Um, just going to review Signal from Sector 6. And we get The Return of Poe Dameron, uh, played by Oscar Isaac. I'll talk about it more during the review, but he brought it again as far as being a guest on this show. Uh, like I said during my review for The Recruit, it's possible whenever you get somebody of the level of Oscar Isaac to do a, an animated show as a guest, that is possible, you know, they're going to kind of mail it in and not have as much enthusiasm for it, uh, kind of deliver the lines dryly. Not Oscar. He has brought it as Poe each time. And and I'll talk about it, but this episode, even more so, he sounds like Poe from the movies. And... I mean, that kind of makes sense because we're getting closer in the timeline to the movies on the show. So, you know, it just makes more sense. And the first time we saw him, he was just meeting Poe and maybe having to be a little more distant. But now that um, he's familiar with Poe, uh, familiar with Kaz, and uh, he's missed BBA for a while, he just feels more like the Poe that we know. And that, that's awesome. I will say, before I get into it, this, I showed, I showed it to both my boys last night. The oldest one loved this episode. It's probably his favorite one. It, it, up until now, his favorite scene, specifically, was when, in the high tower, when uh, Kaz is getting chased by the stormtroopers and he's about to fall off the ledge, and they're taking bets at um, on Z's. He loves that scene. He's asked to watch that multiple times. But this was the first episode that he loved so much that he asked to watch the entire thing again. 
So after we watched it last night so I could make notes about his reaction and things I could talk about here, he has to watch it again. So I turned it on again while I was playing with the baby. So he loved it. It's it's just a I think it's just a fun more laid back episode, not as much dialogue heavy. It's more action. Not a lot of you know extra characters. So yeah, it's just a especially with the last couple of episodes where we're really getting into the first order stuff, and we're having Von Reg and Pyre show up on the Colossus. Yeah, it was just fun to go back and kind of cut loose with Kaz and Poe on a mission, an impromptu mission. And then we'll get back into more Colossus stuff next week, and that's great. Uh, it, the episode was written by Brandon Allman, who is one of the creators and the executive producer of the show. And, I mean, he, he knows what, what they want to do with the show, and uh, you can tell from how well-paced it was and what it sets up. And we'll jump right into it on the f- the first shot, and I talk about it every week, how beautiful the Colossus is. And we get the Colossus at sunrise. The sun is just creeping up over the water. Uh, so you just get those nice visuals, those warm, the war- warm sunlight coming through. And we see that a bit later uh, when they're on the transport. Yeah, I will say it every week because they find so many great ways to show changes in time of day and weather and everything on a stationary object in the ocean. So great job, everyone. And then we get to what I consider the most relatable cold open they've ever done from a couple of points of view. Uh, We see, you know, Yeager's trying to wake Kaz up. Um, It's very early. You know, Kaz is, oh, five more minutes. I have to get the oldest one up for school. And my wife and I are saying the same thing. You got to get up. No, a little more, a little more. Let me sleep. Yeah, as a parent, that's that's totally relatable how you had to work on it. I've never thought to use a a horn like Eager had Bucket do. Usually we just try to annoy him until he gets up, you know, poke him in the back or whatever. Um, so Cass gets up. And then he stumbles over and is trying to get a cup of calf out of the machine. I can relate to that as someone who, if I have to get up early for work, yeah, I'm. There's sometimes I'm lucky I'm putting the pod in the Keurig correctly. Um, there was there was one time I actually ran it. I forgot to put the pod in, so I just ran the hot water all the way through. And I, you know, I took my coffee mug. And I was like, man, that that is not thick at all. And then I realized it was just the hot water. So we all have those days. Now, if you didn't know, CAF, C-A-F, is the Galaxy Far, Far Away's version of coffee. Uh, it, they drank it a lot on Rebels, and it's mentioned in a lot of the books. So, uh, I don't think they said it on the episode, but he was trying to get a cup of CAF. So just nice little consistency that that's their... You know, it's their version of coffee. It's their drink of choice. And as I said, you know, a couple episodes ago, like with the um, the sour paste at Aunt Z's, have these drinks at the bar in Galaxy's Edge. Disney, Lucasfilm, whoever's in charge of that. You said you're going to have booze, so have coffee. 
or th this version of it. I will I will buy some. I promise. Oh, and another observation. We see Niku and Kaz just sleeping on their bunks. You know, no sheets or anything. Kaz, I mean, Niku's wearing what he always wears. Kaz has his jacket off. And it's really kind of a, th a theme. If you remember back to Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I mean, we saw Padme. Her bed had sheets. You know, she wore a nightgown. Um, Anakin... You know, uh, he slept with his shirt off, but I guess he was still wearing his Jedi stuff. So the question is, do people in this galaxy at all, like, like go to bed comfortably? Now, I can understand on Rebels, you know, because it was, like, you know, on the on the Ghost, and, you know, they were at war. But, you know, Colossus, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, the mechanics, and they, they don't have a great wage and everything, but you think they'd be able to just live more comfortably than that, especially for sleep. Uh, it's just, and then people have, mentioned it on Twitter. It's like, where's the, where's the sheets? Where, you know, don't they have pajamas? Seems like a hard life. Alright, so, um, you know, Yeager takes Kaz up on the transport so they can rendezvous with Poe. And the ship, it, it um, it's a transport ship with a lot of seats, you know, almost like a galactic bus. It looks a lot like the one they used on an early episode of Rebels. And I also wonder if it was meant to be an homage to the ride um, at Disney World Star Tours. Um, can't remember. I, I, sh I should have looked at my old photos from the, from the when we went this summer. But it kind of looked like um, the Star Speeder that you are supposed to be on the when you're on the ride. And you get caught by the First Order of the Empire, depending on the version of the ride you get. So I'm, I'm guessing... That's where they got the design for it. So that was neat. And then we, we get the really cool, again, the visuals we get you know, up in the clouds with Yeager piloting the transport. And then the X-Wings come up out of the clouds and the sun's right there. Still early morning. It's beautiful work again. This, this show just looks amazing with the colors. So then we get to see the air jump, which is Kaz and BB-8 having to go off the ramp of the transport onto the X-Wings while they're in flight, which is really cool and something we've never really seen that I can remember um, from any Star Wars material. And Poe po mentions it was it's standard learning at the New Republic Navy. And my, this is the first time for the episode where my son just went crazy with, you know, as soon as Cass falls out and he lands in the cockpit, my son started laughing and then BBA does it. And he was just really digging that, and he wanted to jump off the couch. He's like, they did it, they did it just like this, and jumps off the couch onto the floor. It's like, oh, he fell in. And so, yeah, I told him, don't jump on the couch again, but it was great to see that that really connected with him, and he just got a real, real big kick out of it. He loved uh, CB-23, uh, Poe's loner ball droid. Uh, CB, um, they said, is an homage to Carrie Beck who is on the Lucasfilm Story Group. So, you know, this information, of course, I'm getting from uh, Bucket's List. I have not seen a Resistance Rewind for this week. Um, oh, uh, before I forget, definitely check out the Star Wars show this week if you're just interested in Resistance, because they have a great interview with Donald Faison uh, talking about how, obviously, how much of a fan he is and um, 
just a little bit more about hype and where um, hey, he, he he says, hey, I'd love to be in episode nine. I mentioned in the High Tower review, hype is set up to easily be a character that we could see in episode nine as a resistance pilot. So I would love if that actually happens. They're still in the middle of filming episode nine, so it's quite possible. And lost my place on my notes. Okay, so, okay, I mentioned this last, was it last episode? It was either last episode or the one before, yes, it was last episode of the Children from Tahar. When Kaz FaceTimes Al, um, Ellie Asto um, to re- report in on what he's learned about the First Order and their attack on Tahar and Kylo Ren. So, he's talking just over a regular transmission. And I pointed out, you know, they went to all that trouble in the first episode when he was talking to his dad to not give away the location. But here he is just, you know, doing a vid screen, you know, report. And then, you know, Kaz is talking to Poe and he says, why didn't you just contact me for the information? You know, Poe makes the comment, transmissions can be intercepted. Okay, so what, you know, what about last week? You know, when Cass was reporting in, that didn't seem very secure. So, I don't know if that'll come into play later, where one of those is intercepted, because he was being careless, and then, you know, at least to a First Order assault or something like that. But it, it was interesting that I would bring that up, and then they would actually mention it about the transmissions later. But next we get just some X-Wing fun. Watching, uh, in, uh, the sound effects are there with the familiar... Rum- roar of those engines where they you know go into space we get to see Castellon from orbit again and actually I mean for Kaz it is too but this is the first time since the pilot episode we've been off um, Castellon for a setting not including you know shots on Starkiller base stuff like that we see them flying around just cruising talking going into the asteroid field um, doing some moves and then one thing the show is so great about is foreshadowing you know something that seems inconsequential at the beginning of the episode whether it be um, the feedback or the comm links it gets used later in the episode to help their situation and again they do that here with um, Poe um, t- telling Cass to try a backwards tail slide uh, so he can, like, j- jump up over the asteroid. Um, that banking move that was really cool. So, you know, Kaz is trying to get the hang of it. Sure enough, he successfully pulls it off at the end of the episode. So, great job by Brandon writing that in to where you think, oh, he's they're just playing around, he's showing him a cool move, but he gets to use it later. So, again, they've done a good job with foreshadowing on this series so far. So then they find the freighter and the pirate ships and they can see that you know something bad has happened and we you know we later find out uh, that they were hauling the um, the monkey lizards and the ape lizard uh, we don't really find out like who the crew was or why they were hauling them um, it may be inconsequential to the whole broad spectrum but uh, it was a question I brought up uh, when I was writing my notes uh, you know, what were they doing in that area? You know, where were they taking them? It's probably nothing, but 
you know, it's not really explained either. Now, when we get to the action on the freighter where, you know, it's dark and, you know, there's a lot of wreckage and they know there's something there, it turns out to be the monkey lizards. And, you know, it's not like overtly scary, but, you know, because it's still a kid's show. Um, but just mysterious enough, it, it makes you think about alien and aliens and just anywhere there's the creature behind, you know, around the corner, but you don't really know, you know, what are we dealing with here? So at this point, it's just a nice setup of, you don't know what it's going to be. You know, Poe mentions it could be Rathtars or Reeks or Gundarks. And Bucket's List pointed that out. That's a great way to mention creatures from all three trilogies. But no, it turns out to be something else. And this is where Oscar Isaac just really had some fun with the role this time, talking about how he hates the lizards and... Um, just his mannerisms in his voice during the when they're running down the hallways you know getting attacked by the uh, monkey lizards I'm, I'm glad he has that much fun on the show because it makes the show that much better when in many ways you know Christopher Sean owns every episode that he does he's doing an outstanding job as Kaz later on in the episode when they're running from the ape lizard and he's just screaming that was that cracked me up because uh, he you know he, he can play it very tough but if you just let loose with the scream of I want to get out of here so bad so, great job by Christopher but Oscar I mean he's going into the series he was the character you knew most because he was from the movies so I think it was critical that he give a great performance, and he has to this point. So good job to Oscar. And and the monkey lizards were just fun as as a foil. I know we saw, you know, the the scene where one of them was banging Kaz's head against the uh, deck was in the trailer, but you figured it was the pet of one of the pirates, so that's where we would see it. Um, but for there to be several in, in this confined area, that made it even better. And again, it's the same species as Salacious Crumb from Return of the Jedi. And, you know, what they were able to do with a puppet in that movie, we get to see even more so here, like when they like when they burst the pipe and then grab a blaster. Uh, it's just different things we hadn't seen before, and it's a lot of fun. And they even mimicked the laugh of Salacious Crumb for one of them, just dead on. Takes you back and, you know, gives you a new twist on it. And I really enjoyed BB-8 when he grabbed one of them and twirled it around and then, you know, it still wound up on Kaz's face. Uh, my son went crazy for that too. He thought it was really fun when he was swinging around and we got the the close-up shot of its face. I Yeah, you liked it too. I've got my live studio audience with me again. Yeah. He was he was good for the first part of the episode, but I had to bring him over here um, to help help me finish it out. He even as a baby, he he just he likes watching it because it's so visually appealing, and he he loves BB-8. Anytime he's on screen, he knows who that is. So he was having a good time with that. So you know it went from yeah it went from you know uh, kind of scary you know kid scary and dark with the alien 
type action to you know a lot more fun with um, the monkey lizards causing havoc in the hallway and then they find Sonara in one of the containers and you know you're supposed to you're supposed to think that she's one of the crew which I don't know how many people picked up that she was one of the pirates from the triple dark I thought it was clever that you know she's wearing um, what almost looked like a skiff guard helmet in the triple dark when she's co-piloting the shuttle with Kragen and then you see her you know you see her without the helmet here so you know you had to be paying attention to realize wait a minute we've already seen her so I thought that was a nice touch um, so you don't really know is she, is she actually one of the crew uh, you know is she one of the pirates how'd she want you know they say she you know locked herself in the box but are you able to close that and seal yourself in or was it a setup maybe she maybe we'll find out later that she had one of the other pirates put her in there um, so that she could be found but there's no guarantee they'd be found probably just trying to get away from the fact they were going to be eaten so lots of lots of mystery with her but I'll get to her at the end of the review and then we get you know you know there's the threat of this huge beast and we don't know what it is when its claws kind of came through the doorway I thought it was going to be a, a rancor which I thought would be great we haven't seen a rancor animated like that but it turns out to be an ape, uh, ape lizard rather than a monkey lizard my first thought was, well, is it just like mutated? Is it just super huge version of the ones we know? But in reading Bucket's list, they said, well, you know, if you have monkeys and apes and they're both in the same, you know, family, uh, um, biologically, then, you know, they're going to be different sizes, have different features. So they said, okay, we've got our monkey lizards and we've got our ape lizards on that planet from where they're from. And it made sense. So uh, to have it explained like that, it's not you know too sciencey to be like, why do we have a huge salacious crumb? You know, it, it makes sense. Oh, and I will say uh, the other place you can see um, or read about uh, monkey lizard hijinks is the um, Adventures in Wild Space series of books. Uh, they're young readers. A lot of fun. They're on Audible. I uh, picked that up so I could listen to it. And it's about this family of um, cartographers who are mapping wild space during the Imperial era. And um, the mom and dad go missing, so it's up to the kids. And they have a droid who is a mishmash. Uh, and I mentioned that in a previous episode. Um, kind of like Bucket, but even more cobbled together. And then they have a pet monkey lizard. So that's the other place if you want to uh, see what they're up to. But they get back to their X-Wings at this point and escape with Sonara in tow. As we find out, um, the X-Wing's a two-seater. You know, Cass is able to transport her behind him. So the action on the freighter itself, I mean, it was really well-paced. I mean, it takes up most of the episode, but it doesn't seem like it drags at all from the different perils they have to go through and you know getting her out um, 
so yeah, it didn't. It, it kept my son interested, and you know, keeps the pace of the episode going. So good job there. But that you know, they're still intercepted by the pirates and their ships, so we get to see them in space battle for the first time. And that's when they bring back the um, tail slide move from the beginning of the episode. We get a call back to that, and they're able to get rid of the pirates pretty easily. And we, so uh, they all get dropped off with the eager again, who is not happy, still concerned about what's going on. I mean, you can. T I hope we'll find out more. I think it's in two or three episodes. Uh, we're going to meet his brother, so hopefully we'll find out more about him then. Um, but again, he he just doesn't want to get involved, and I, you know, I want to find out more about the why. You know, it should have something to do with his family. Should have something to do with his past as a X-wing pilot for the rebellion. So there's more to find out about Yeager. Still love him as an interesting character. And that little uh, bit that Scott Lawrence did, where um, you know, he just—if you notice—he just raises his finger, said, I, "I did not agree to this," in so many words. Uh huh. I love Yeager. He's a really great character. I want to find out more about him, and I'm sure we will. And then my son loved the little droid wave between CB and BB uh, when they have to go their ways for now. Yeah, they, they became quite close over the episode. BB-8 has a little girlfriend. Now, again, I haven't completed the Poe series of comic books, but I know there is another droid that BB-8 has the sweets for. But that would have taken place before Resistance began. And I cannot remember the fate of that droid, if at all. I will get to the review at some point for the comics. But, you know... Especially with Lego Star Wars coming up and, you know, movie news um, and TV series news. You know, there's just a lot. You know, it's just good enough for me to stick to um, TV programming right now. Yeah, so BB-8 has a little girlfriend. Or, or an acquaintance now. So, yeah, we, we, we get to Sonara and... You know, she says, you know, she she was in the crew hiding from the pirates. And then we, you know, we find out that she was, you know, actually, we confirm that she was a pirate. I thought they were going to save the whole reveal that, yes, that was her from Kragen's crew till the next episode. Because we knew from the episode synopses that she would be in the next episode. I, I guess you, you have to keep the plot running like that for kids because they might f there's a chance they'll forget going into the next episode so it's probably best for them to reveal at the end of the episode that she is um, who she is but I thought they might try to bleed that for at least until the next episode makes me wonder if they um, I wrote down you know where they're going to ship Kaz and Sonara I mean he seems to like her Maybe a bit of a Florence Nightingale effect. Um, so is he gonna, you know, try to look for her next episode? Um, I, I I don't know where they're gonna go with that. Um, you know, will she try to keep her cover past next week, or will she be revealed as a pirate and then have to get off the um, off the Colossus? Do not know yet. 
so we'll see. So lots of questions about what, you know where where they're going with her. Lots of those will be answered next week. So I won't get too much into it. But I again I was surprised that they went ahead and revealed her true motivations rather than you know like let her go on her way and then have her come back next week. I do wonder, what did the pirates want with monkey lizards? You know, Kraken refers to it as the freight. Alright, were they going to, like, get all of them and then dump them on the Colossus and create chaos? Because that would be incredible, is watching the monkey lizards take over the station and then have the ape lizard, you know, crashing through the hallways. Um, I don't yeah, maybe they'll reveal what that plan was later on. That is, I think that's just about covers everything in the episode. Um, like I say, it was it wasn't other than Sonara's allegiance at the very end. It wasn't groundbreaking for plot reveals, but that's okay because. Like I say, after two First Order heavy episodes, it was nice to have a break, let Kaz and Poe have some fun, you know, have the the trouble they got into on the ship, and then end it with a little bit of a cliffhanger for next week. So, nice change of pace. Fun for the kids. They loved it. Again, we're back next week with uh, Sonara's Score, I believe is the name of the episode. So, I... I'll probably refer back to this episode a lot when I'm reviewing that one, because I'm sure some of the, I might even go back and watch it again because I bet they will, there will be little hints that were dropped that we'll find out more about, and probably some of my questions will be answered about what, you know, they were doing with the freight, and um, what her actual plan is. Clearly, they're there to weaken the Colossus and make them, make Doza want to get the First Order's help. We'll see how long that, that lasts. Before I go, I put a poll on my Twitter account this week uh, because we got the news of the Cassian Andor TV series that will be on Disney+, Plus, the new streaming service. Uh, it starts filming next year. I'm guessing it's a 2020 release. Um, but we get like early Rebellion spy thriller, basically, with Cassian. And y- you can listen to my it's an emergency broadcast. It's about 10 minutes long. Uh, you can listen to my thoughts about the series on there. Well, I am excited about it. I'm excited about The Mandalorian. I'm excited about the last season of Clone Wars. So there's three shows that will be on Disney Plus within the first couple of years of its um, existence. So I did put out the poll question of which series are you most excited about? And it was actually pretty good results. Um, of a 107 respondents, 43% said they're most excited for Cassian, uh, 35% for Clone Wars, and 22% for The Mandalorian. So, you know, Cassian was far and away the most, but each of them had a good, you know, good percentage of fans, and that's a great thing about the Disney Plus service. They're doing three series, but they are there is something for everyone. You've got the return of a beloved animated series. You've got a sequel era, if you consider anything past indoor sequel era, 
a sequel era series and then a prequel series in many ways. And there's going to be other great things on this uh, service. Uh, they confirmed uh, for event for Marvel fans, there is going to be a Loki series with Tom Hiddleston, and so there's rumors of other ones. So they're really going for it with Disney Plus, and I'm glad. So there's going to be lots of great Star Wars material, and if I have time, I'll, I may consider reviewing them. But that is it for this week. Uh, again. I will do my best to have two episodes for you next week so you can um, enjoy them through the long holiday weekend here in the States or uh, however you celebrate in whatever country uh, you're, you're listening from. Until then, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, please feel free to drop comments or questions there. And until I see you next week, for my double feature. May the force be with you.